a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia, fabulous organisation doing some amazing campaigns, keeping some tabs on the way our culture is changing. Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT is Greg Bondar. Back with us. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Delighted to be back, Neil. Thank you. Greg, let's tap your insights into what's happening politically in New South Wales. This week, the Voluntary Assisted Dying Bill tabled in the New South Wales Parliament. Uh, How are you seeing the politics developing there? Well, Neil, actually the bill's going to be introduced today. Okay. Okay. Yep. So it's going to be introduced today. I've been speaking to my insiders at Parliament House. They've given me the schedule of uh, bills to be introduced today and uh, the voluntary assisted dying bill will be put today. Now, in actual fact, Neil, it's it's a real misnomer. It is not a voluntary assisted dying bill. It's a voluntary assisted suicide bill. That's what it really is. Now, my information to date is that Alex Greenwich, the independent MP, has currently 28 co-sponsors of the bill from, uh, from New South Wales uh, MPs. Now, that's not the entire parliament, but uh, that's a good start for him. The reason I'm raising this topic is because Family Voice is very concerned. Why would anybody, let alone a politician, which is really something they should not be looking at so much uh, uh, in in terms of, you know, social issues, but why would an MP want to vote for an assisted suicide bill? Well, Neil, I've done some research, and interestingly enough, here are the facts that, as I see them, which is really the politics behind having a voluntary assisted dying bill. Alex Greenwich lives, an independent, lives in the, lives in the electorate uh, of Sydney, which is he's a member for Sydney. Now, that is in the heart of the left-leaning LGBTIQA community, and they are generally, on our research, all anti-life. In other words, they don't like anybody that's pro-life. Secondly... We found that most MPs, most MPs who are actually openly gay and admitted, admittedly in the New South Wales Parliament are also pro-suicide. Now, they also happen to be anti-pro-life. In, 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 in legislation that was passed uh, a couple of years back, abortion and what have you, they've indicated which way they are leaning. The other interesting fact, Neil, is that the other left-leaning independent MPs are also supporting voluntary assisted dying because they're from parties such as the Greens and, and what have you. So they are also anti-pro-life. And finally, Neil, one of the important things we need to realise is that MPs generally support a anti-pro-life policy because they themselves see Christians as being a threat to the parliamentary process by bringing back normal, traditional standards to governance. Uh, and, and that's something we've got to take into account. I think I can hear what you're saying here. And uh, it's a bill that's being tabled in the New South Wales Parliament today by Alex Greenwich. And people will mm. remember that name because he was one of the leading lights in the uh, marriage debate 
just a few years ago on the LGBT side. And so uh, has a lot of sway because he's very, very influential. And what seems to be what I'm hearing you say here is even though there might be all sorts of public sentiment that is uh, so much in favour of life uh, and against the idea of euthanasia, this suicide, uh, but because MPs in some ways here uh, are trying to perhaps carry favour with uh, the LGBT side of things, they're more likely to vote along those lines than they would if they were not uh, under that influence. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Now, look, one of the things we've got to realise that politics is about getting re-elected. If you want to be re-elected, you're going to go with what your electorate generally leans towards. Now, living in the inner suburbs of Sydney, they are tend to be, and they are factually, they are, they are left-leaning, pro-LGBTI, anti-life, and they tend to vote along those lines. Now, if you're an MP and you want to get re-elected, and if, you're, and if you're an MP that's openly gay as well, which way are you going to vote? You're going to vote with policies that are anti-life, anti-Christian in that sense. And the politics behind the VAD is just more than wanting to make sure that people die, die peacefully. Well, that's wrong because you can still die peacefully under palliative care. And it's so important that we make sure that MPs are voting not just according to their conscience, but, a, but, but to their morals and standards. And unfortunately, if you're guided by a, a secular worldview, then your morals and standards are going to be totally different to a Christian worldview. And interesting here, which sheds real light on understanding where politicians are at when it comes to the issues that Christians are passionate about. Because if you've got this pro-LGBT focus as a politician, it sort of divides you, polarises you, and it continues to impress and deepen this idea of having an anti-Christian bias. Is this, is this how you might understand some of the politics around these issues we keep talking about? Oh, absolutely. I've spoken to some MPs that have said to me, Greg, you're just an advocate for the right-wing religious zealot uh, uh, faction, and, uh, you know, we're not going to vote for pro-Christian policies, you know, you're just a zealot. That I said, no, I'm a voter, and I believe in moral standards and and, and and more importantly, Neil, I have to tell you that my own brother, ex-Vietnam veteran, uh, unfortunately very affected by the Vietnam War, uh, I got a call in the middle of the night, your brother's dying, uh, my wife and I turned up and there he was on life support and I had doctor come up to me and said, look, we can end it now. I said, no. I said, no. I want to hold his hand. It's and I a, want to be with him now. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and that's what I wanted. And I prayed with him without having to end his life now. So it's so important that while there is hope, there is life now. What action can listeners today take? And perhaps those listeners in New South Wales, more predominantly given it's a New South Wales bill that's about to be mm. tabled, Is there a campaign? Is there a way that people, when they visit the Family Voice website, uh, you can easily help direct how you can have your voice heard? Absolutely. There is a campaign currently there on uh, on our website, and we're starting another one next week, where you can write to every MP in New South Wales and you let them know that this is a life issue. We do not want to assist with suicide. And that's the mockery of the whole thing. 
uphill. You know, everyone gets up there and grandstands. Oh, we're against youth suicide. We're against suicide generally. You know, we want to save lives under COVID, but we're happy to kill people under voluntary system dying. What a mockery of the whole system of life. It's a true picture of hypocrisy, that is yep. for sure. So uh, familyvoice.org.au uh, to engage with that campaign from Family Voice Australia. Uh, Greg, some will be thinking, well, maybe it's too late if this is about to be uh, tabled in the parliament, but this is probably a very good time to be in touch with your local MP. Oh, it's not too late now, because what it will be, I can guarantee you this if, if I know my politics, that bill will then be referred to a committee to look into having further submissions into it, if it gets a, if it gets the green light. Okay, lots more we could say about that, but let's move on. Another very controversial issue arising where an Anglican bishop in Armadale in New South Wales is coming under attack now for taking a biblical stance in church. What's the issue here? Well, now, I'm amazed at this because, you know, I'm currently... <laughs> studying 2 Corinthians 13, you know, where the Apostle Paul uh, warned the Corinthians that, you know, I am coming back to judge you spiritually, you know, and I'm going to come back. And if you're not, if Christ is not within you, then you need to look at yourself. Well, what's happened here is the Archbishop uh, up at Armadale there, Bishop Chiswell, has said to two men within the parish, within the church, Look, I'm wanting you to stand aside because one of them is the organist. The other one's a long-standing member of the church because you two are a gay couple, which is in itself maybe okay in the sense that they met on a dating app in 2020. They got married in a civil ceremony at Coffs Harbour. And now the bishop has asked them to stand aside, as you would with anybody else, whether you're a murderer uh, an adulterer, whatever else it might be that's publicly on display, you would say, look, stand aside, because this is not what the church is about. We want to make sure that we do not, we do not influence any brother or sister in the wrong direction, or unbiblical direction at least. So what's happened is the congregation now, Neil, is up in arms saying, oh, why did you make them stand aside? You know, you're too harsh, da-da-da. Neil, they must be reading a different Bible to me. Okay, so the bishop, and the bishop is a little bit like every church leader in every single church, and so many have been faced with similar sorts of decisions to make about their own church life, and and so he's laid down a biblical law here, and uh, there's been a uprising within the parish around the uh, the bishop taking a biblical view, and and yeah. uh, and and how does that look in church life? Do you think, Greg? Well, well what, what, what happened here is, if, now, you know, I've written to the bishop saying, congratulations on upholding biblical values. Now, what he said to his congregation, his parishioners, was that within the church there are false believers, men of immoral character and conduct, who peddled a counterfeit faith and were leading other Christians astray. Further, he said, further he said that, you know, uh, the, these imposters, the talk of sin and judgment and hell were offensive. Well, why is it offensive to talk about biblical values? And he did warn, he did warn us that the church is in trouble. The Australian church, particularly with attitudes towards homosexuality and gender fluidity, the church is now trying to, and I've got to tell you this, 
they're trying to please man rather than God. What comes to mind, Neil? Galatians 1.10. Please make sure you please God rather than man. And that's what I think the bishop is rightly doing, Neil. And when you're talking denominations, and let's not just say uh, this is the Anglican Church because there's lots of denominations, uh, lots of those churches will be facing similar sorts of things, but... Uh, but you're of a, a view that there is opposition to the gospel that's growing even within churches. Uh, that's something you've got to be uh, really cautious about, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think there is opposition growing uh, against the uh, the gospel. And, and, and that's the real frightening. And I've predicted this before that this is what's happening because, you know, <clears throat> he said that uh, the bishop said that, you know, we need to stand up for our beliefs. And in particular, and in particular, when there's tri- there are false prophets, there are false believers out there. And, you know, to say that it's OK to have openly gay or, or, or whatever people within the church and expressing that, that lifestyle, it's wrong because that's not what our beliefs are about. And as I said, I read and I'm doing 2 Corinthians 13 at the moment, and I was feeling for Paul when he was going back to the Corinthians and saying, look, is Christ really within you? If not, have a look at yourself. And I think that's what the bishop is saying to these particular men. Is Christ within you? Because if it is, you are not living by what the Bible is telling you, like Paul was telling to the Corinthians as well. The church is in trouble, Neil. We've got to make sure that we don't water down the Bible to please man. <laughs> and just to to I mean this is such a deep issue because mm. where the rubber hits the road in churches it's it's quite challenging and from what I understand and I'm not trying to tread on the toes of church leaders and no. make this sort of you know judgments in congregations but the church has wide open doors of acceptance to everyone even people who have an opposite sexuality to what the bible teaches but mm. There's a there's a but in there uh, that yep. when you want to assume a leadership role in the church, that yep. means you're agreeing to the leadership description that you'll study when you come to the Bible. So, uh, mm. so for those who assume a leadership role, you've got to have a mm. deeper appreciation for a biblical form of leadership. Any thoughts there, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I am the first one to stand in front of the church and say, "Welcome, you are welcome in 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 our Lord's house." And in particular, I don't care whether you're, you know, homosexual or heterosexual or whatever, you are welcome in this church. Having said that, having said that, Neil, we also make sure that as part of this church, as part of Christ's house, you know, what we've got to be doing is making sure that you abide by the biblical teachings, you know, the word of God. If you're not, then you're in the wrong place and we will pray for you. But now we've got to make sure, because the churches are trying to be more secular worldview rather than a Christian worldview, because they're trying to appease man. They're trying to get, oh, yes, we're, we're loving. Of course we're loving, Neil. But the problem is that when you get out there and you try, you've got issues like abortion, you know, voluntary sister dying, you've got same-sex marriage, you know, it's making it hard for people of biblical faith to convince our legislation, uh, legislators to make sure that we have morals and standards that are, uh, are meant to be within a natural family, within a, within a society that values, that really values 
the way of life that it was meant to be under biblical worldview. <laughs> uh, hey, Greg, running short of time, uh, touch yep. on a quick, uh, another issue here, uh, a sad day uh, for Australia and freedom of speech. Uh, you've been monitoring this along now for, uh, I guess, a couple of years. Peter mm. Ridd has lost his High Court appeal over his sacking uh, from James Cook University. Uh, a quick update yeah, on, a, on Peter Ridd? Yeah, yeah, this is a real issue, uh, Neil, because what's happened here is that uh, Peter Ridd, as you know, went to High Court. He's now lost that case, which is unfortunate. Uh, we have, or I have written to every federal MP uh, expressing our concern about this. But in, more importantly, Neil, it's important to understand that the Education Minister, Alan Tudge, has indicated that it's, it's important that opposing viewpoints should be allowed to flourish on campus. In particular, he said, Neil, if universities are not places for free, robust speech, then their very purpose is jeopardised. You cannot advance knowledge without challenging existing orthodoxy and causing offence in the process. So Alan Tudge is all for making sure that universities allow freedom of speech on campus. It's critical to our freedom of speech, and we've got to make sure that this is not going to happen when the Religious Freedom Bill gets released, I think, later this month, Neil. Okay. Well, if you don't have freedom of academic expression, yeah. you don't have any freedom at all. It's one of those things that no. goes hand-in-hand hand with religious freedom. Uh, the idea that you'll have a different idea to someone else and uh, you won't be shot down uh, yeah. for expressing it. Hey, very quickly, uh, you've got some, another webinar coming up. Um, who's your, who are your guests next yeah. week? Look, on Monday the 25th, we've got an important topic called Political Correct that's gone bad, Neil. It's impact on the church and family. I've got two wonderful speakers, Dr. Kevin Donnelly uh, from the uh, Australian Catholic University and Bettina Rand in particular. We want to hear her view because she has been cancel cultured, so to speak. She has been victimised and she is a outspoken woman on political correctness going mad. So look forward to that free Please join us on our website. Okay, familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for your insights today on 2020. Every blessing, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.